Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond Bitcoin Show. Today is August the 3rd, 2019. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. Deferral of gratification. Conviction. Golden age. Strive for greatness, people. You guys are elite. We're, this is where striving for greatness is normal. This is where we promote that kind of thing. We're not victims here. All right. This is the Beyond Bitcoin show, but I do want to remind you about yesterday's show. That was This Week in Bitcoin with Simon Dixon. It was a great time. Check it out at techbalt.com, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T, or disruptmeister.com. It's also linked to below. And yeah, YouTube has changed things up. I am doing things a different way on Fridays. And every other day of the week is going to be the same, but the interface is totally different. So what I'm looking at right now and the way I set this up, it looks a lot different. But hey, man, we roll with the punches here. You always got to be able to adapt a little bit. You just keep the system going. And the system, for me, a new show every single day. Pound that like button. Let's start it out here. And again, if you've got a question, type in Bitcoin Meister. Uh, hopefully, it'll pertain to the subject matter, which is beyond Bitcoin today. Again, this is beyond Bitcoin show. Justin Khan says, adopt an attitude of taking 100% responsibility for your life at home and at work, not for others' sake, but for your own. Feeling like things are happening to you and not because of your choices make you miserable. Again, beautiful way of summing up. Personal responsibility is a new counterculture. You want to be able to take the blame. Yeah, it was my fault. Instead of saying, oh, this was brought on by some mystical force some conspiracy to this, you, know, you, you go wild that way. And we're going to actually talk about uh, conspiracies and that kind of topic and blaming others, scapegoating in a second here with Sam Vankin. Sam Vankin is an interesting fellow. I've mentioned him on this uh, Beyond Bitcoin show before. He has a uh, video and I haven't watched the entire thing yet, but the, the first part, he is ripping on conspiracy theorists. Uh, he says that uh, it's, People who get into uh, conspiracies, who want to believe in it, it reduces their anxiety. Uh, it only provides positive reinforcement. It allows a person who feels like they're out of control to regain control of their lives. Uh, they have conspiracies or have simple, bright, a solid core. Just a solid. It's very simple. If it was them, it was them. And they can make it complex. It was them involved with the aliens and the rich people and this and that. But it's a simple answer. It's a simple answer to, to life's, you know, life isn't that simple sometimes. Okay, there's, com every situation occurs when there's multiple players. There's complexities involved. But some people who are anxious and need it, their anxiety reduced, they need simplifications like this. So, and it helps identify enemies. You know, people love to have enemies. They love to have it simple. You know, that's my enemy. They cause the problem. It's their fault. It's that simple. How can you not notice that? Uh, and another thing he points out about conspiracy theorists is they make lists. They love to have lists. 
They, that's how they prove that the conspiracy is true. They list all these uh, co uh, commonalities. And uh, lists are no replacement for reason. So watch Sam Bankin. He is no fan of a conspiracies, a conspiracy theorist, and neither am I, <laughs> as all of you know. I think it's, uh, it's all uh, about the, the conspiracy theorists are about scapegoating and uh, not taking personal responsibility of their own lives and, and living vicariously through others. It's, uh, it's a, a quite a pathetic existence, and Sam really uh, rips into them nicely. Now, again, since this is the Beyond Bitcoin show, we're going to talk a little bit about sports, but the sports involves Bitcoin. Now, don't waste your time on sports, but Adam Kawanaki, and I cannot pronounce his name, the big heavyweight from Brooklyn, is fighting tonight, Chris Ariola. And we want him to win because Adam Kawanaki, if only I could pronounce Polish last names correctly, pound that like button. Um, if he wins, and he's a huge Bitcoin fan, a huge Bitcoin fan, if he wins, he'll get a title shot. And to have a heavyweight boxer with a title shot who's talking Bitcoin nonstop, I mean, that would be great. That would be great. So I don't like boxing. I think it's an incredibly dangerous sport. Uh, it's barbaric, uh, but, it, you know, personal responsibility, he knows what he's getting into. And since the fight is going to happen, no matter what I do, I hope Adam wins. And uh, the Bitcoin, uh, he gives Bitcoin a lot of love after he wins. He thanks Bitcoin. <laughs> and then he gets his title shot and it'll be big news for Bitcoin. Uh, all the Bitcoin uh, mainstream uh, organizations will be covering it by that point. Not just the insider information that you get here on the Bitcoin Meister channel. All right. Remember to follow me on TechBalt, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T on Twitter. It's, uh, it's get, I am really making uh, Twitter an import, important part of this uh, operation over here. Again, a new video every day, but you don't, you get everything at Twitter. My audio podcast, I have special audio only podcasts that don't get into video form. Um, I tweet stuff out all day. You'll learn a lot from Twitter if uh, you know how to uh, find helpful information. And I am out. I am uh, navigating through the mess for you, and I'm, I'm putting out the, the helpful information. So T E C H B A L T on Twitter. Uh, all right. Remember, if you have a question, type in Bitcoin Meister. Uh, there are people that are saying Adam and stuff, but they didn't type in Bitcoin Meister. Okay, so I can actually see when you're asking me a question. It's, it's very, the setup is very difficult to see here. <laughs> All right, Rock873, he followed directions. Very good. What time do you eat normally? Uh, always afternoon. Net, always afternoon, always before 9 p.m. It's usually around 5 p.m., though. It's just the way things have been. When you fast 22 hours every day, it's... Oh, it, 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 uh, again, if I start at 5 p.m. and ends at 6 p.m., then the next day, the earliest it could be is 4 p.m. So it's getting, and then I run. It's just the way things have been going. It's been between 4 and 6 a lot lately, between 4 and 6. But never before noon, never after 9 p.m. And the never after 9 p.m. part is very important to everyone because you want to um, have four hours before you sleep. After when, However many times a day you eat, you want your last meal to be at least four hours uh, before you sleep. All right. So that's why ending at nine, never eating past nine o'clock is a good idea. So you can go to sleep at one. All right. Uh, 
let's talk about uh, mayor, the mayor of New York is uh, uh, Bill de Blasio. And uh, I'm just seeing here um, other stuff. Okay. And there are these uh, Democratic debates. Of course, I did not watch them because they're a complete waste of time. But uh, clips of them have been coming out. And uh, what he said, during, he's a minor candidate. He's a tremendous dude. He's six foot four. I had no idea he was so tall. Uh, he's a communist, basically. He is a I mean, I, he's, uh, I think he may have admitted it a long time ago. I, I have no idea. But he's, he's a communist. And uh, he, he said, one of his talking points, he straight up said that he will tax the, I'm not going to say the word, the heck out of the wealthy. All right? And he said it with such pride. He might have said it twice even. He says, I, I, I'm going to tax the beep, heck, out of the wealthy. And no one said anything. But it totally accepted. To, so, I mean, imagine if another demographic was picked, okay? You know, I, I'm going to tax the heck out of the uh, gay people. I mean, there would be an, there'd be an uproar. There'd be an uproar if he said something like that. Um, but again, with the, with the wealthy, it's acceptable. It's acceptable to be envious of the, of the wealthy. And now it's just commonplace. I mean, he's the mayor of the largest city in the United States of America. He, again, some people say, well, he's a fringe candidate for president. Yeah, indeed, he's a fringe candidate for president. But to put, look at the bigger perspective. He was elected mayor of the most important city on the planet Earth. <laughs> and this is what the mayor of the most important city on the planet Earth says, thinks about the rich. And it's, it's totally, and he's wealthy himself, probably. I don't know that much, but again, he, he, this is what is accepted in the world today: that uh, the the wealthy can be scapegoated for everyone's problems, can be ripped onto that level that we are going to tax the heck out of them, and everyone cheers. Yeah, again, I again, take care of yourself. Aim to be the wealthy. Don't be envious of the wealthy. It, it's sickening. It's sickening to hear things like that. To hear how envious and hateful people can be like. But yeah. Let, let me say what he's going to say, okay? And uh, if you're in New York, uh, I mean, I, I New York City is ridiculous. He's not becoming president. Thank Hashem, he's not becoming president. But it does, it gives you a little peek into mainstream society today, okay? What the mainstream society is about, being envious, being jealous, blaming the rich. And again, personal responsibility is a new counterculture. That's where I like to be. Where you know you aim to be rich or you, you aim to be happy. You just aim to be happy and you don't care what the rich are doing and you don't try to steal from the rich, okay? That's what he's saying. Let's steal the heck out of the rich here. All right. I mean, that he can say that and I'm going to comment on that and point it out as a, a totally ridiculous uh, statement there. But actually in mainstream society, it's not ridiculous. Everybody likes that type, type of stuff now, apparently, uh, in the 80%. And I'm glad I'm not part of that. Uh now, uh, there's a guy, MGTOW Money. He's got a great uh, channel out there most of the time. He gives out economic advice for uh, men. And uh, he's been giving uh, – someone else has a question there. I'm going to answer in a second. Uh, economic advice for men. And some of it is very solid. He doesn't get into Bitcoin too much. He's uh, he could be a bigger fan of Bitcoin. Let's put it this way. But now he's gotten into a trend again. He says IPOs were bad for a while, but now they're good. So if you want to triple your money in a short term, uh, IPOs are 
a good thing to investigate. And he says, but don't blame me if, you know, if you, because they're risky still. All right. It's, it's totally, this triple the money in a short period, short-term thinking, totally. Uh, and I, I know he's trying to give out different uh, techniques to different types of people. If he's really, if you're really interested in tripling your money, okay, but you don't, and you don't care about time and you want a real asset that's not going anywhere, because he even admits that most of the IPOs, they'll be, the companies will go down the tubes. Now, again, it's not like ICOs, but IPOs are pretty – he's talking about the Beyond Meat one specifically. But, guys, take it slow and easy. Bitcoin is a real asset that you control. Uh, the, the IPO stock you would buy through your uh, fund manager or whoever or through uh, E-Trade, and then do you really control it, can be confiscated, et cetera, et cetera. And what are you even buying? You don't even know the company you're buying into. It's It's – uh, but I did want to point it out that even a guy who can be somewhat uh, reliable in terms of his economic advice and conservative, he can go off the rails sometimes a little bit. So, again, he still gives some pretty good advice. And not everyone is perfect. I, I'm pointing that out. But I do want to also point out is that if that people – and he started talking about the pot stocks. with There have been pot stock IPOs. Guys, this is trendy stuff again. Flavor of the month type of asset class. That's uh, IPOs and uh, pot stocks. Stick with the real thing. Stick with the conviction in Bitcoin. It's not going away. It is a real asset that cannot be confiscated if you are holding, controlling your own private key. All right. Now, here's something uh, from Jeff. Jeff Ashton said, I've been hearing XRP will go up soon. Is this going to happen? Is that a, is that a real question? Is, is, I mean, is that a serious question on, on a channel like this? Are you familiar with this channel? I mean, this is the, the Bitcoin Meister channel. So um, I, it, who, who buys altcoins? Do you actually buy altcoins? Answer that. I mean, who, who does that? <laughs> so who cares? I mean, what, it's, it's like a, it's, I mean, are you going to buy Libra also? Because Libra is going to go up. I mean, it's a, that's an altcoin that's going to be controlled by a company. I don't know. If, I, I doubt that was, I don't, I don't think that was a real question. I hope that wasn't a real question. All right. Um, pound that like button. All right. So we talked about the Blasio. Uh, here's another tweet. Oh, this is a good one. Put your work out there. You never know who's watching. Basically, this person, SHL, <laughs> they, uh, that's their name, SHL. Uh, they're, they're saying, be in motion. Exactly. Be in motion. Who cares? Fitting in is overrating. If you create something, put it out there. Put out. Put your ideas out there. Put your ideas out there. It, you've got nothing to lose. You've got nothing out. If you you put some hard work into an idea, put it out there. Put it out there. See what's that. What's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? You never, you never know who is watching. And again, I think a lot of people. And you're like, well, where do I put my ideas? Well, you tweet out your uh, tweet, tweet out your uh, your video, and uh, or, or your blog post. Okay. And of course, most people are like, well, who, who's what? Twitter is just a big arguing and screaming. You never know who's going to stumble upon it, who's going to retweet it, if it could become viral. But put it out, put it out wherever. We have so many opportunities in this modern world, and they're just growing and growing. I mean, 10 years ago, it wasn't like this, uh, where you could just put social media was just so dominant now. 
You have an idea, you, it could go viral. You do not know. It could be, it could be, email me your idea, whatever. Just put out, put your idea out there. Uh, you never know who is watching. And that is a great attitude to have. Uh, all right, who do we have here? <laughs> Rico report, this is good. He says, IPO, initial Ponzi offering. Yeah, but think, let that, let those initials stand for that in your head so you don't get tempted. I mean, again, there are legitimate IPOs, but you want to get in on a pre-IPO. As I said in my 2015 videos about Bitcoin, I said, this is like a pre-IPO uh, opportunity. You could get in, imagine if you could get into Facebook before the IPO. That was what I, that's what I said Bitcoin was in 2015. So this dude, MGTOW uh, Money, is talking about uh, IPOs. Bitcoin is the pre-IPO. Pound it, baby. All right. So, and now I don't know if this is true. One out of a, a ten twenty-four just said Bitcoin dominance is at sixty-nine point two six. Are you sure about that? I thought it was at like sixty-six percent, dude. It could that, dude. You might have just wanted me to say sixty-nine, didn't you? Pound that like button if you just wanted me to say sixty-nine. Probably, probably that's why. I, I I don't check. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh no! Wait, you check the site btc.d. That doesn't. It only counts on uh, coin market cap. I only go by coin market caps thing, dude. So uh, maybe it is 69.26 at wherever you are. But uh, un unfortunately, coin market cap uh, is is where people look to see what the when they quote Bitcoin dominance, they're quoting um, they're quote, quoting coin market cap. So I, I believe it is uh, 66. Uh, 66 uh, per something somewhere around 66 it's less than two-thirds dude but again who cares what the dominance is because once uh libra and all the other uh coins get their uh other companies get their coins bitcoin dominance will go way down that doesn't mean anything uh bitcoin will still be bitcoin it's just there'll be more coins with uh with big market caps on there and I, I'm going to mention this uh, tomorrow. I thought uh, someone someone pointed out that Walmart is coming out with their own. It wants to come out with their own uh, coin, just like Libra. And I predicted that on uh, July 21st. Uh, I'm, I'm going to link to it uh, to in tomorrow's show, and uh, then I'm going to have a podcast that actually quotes it. So again, that's why you follow me. It's you go to sportsmeister.com. You can listen to all my podcasts there. That won't be in uh, video form here. And uh, wait, I just want to say someone else says something. Uh, and I'll get into that in a second, chunk of a dunk. That's, that has to do with Bitcoin. Okay, that's a good question though. Uh, no no scapegoating. Okay, so okay, I, I talk about scapego scape scapegoating a lot here, okay? Uh, and I think the, the, the key, one of the big keys to like everything in life is not scapegoating, not blaming others. So if you ever find yourself blaming, and we all we all get into it sometimes, we all we all try to blame something on something. Don't get into that. It, it's just a, a negative spiral. I think one of the keys in life is never to scapegoat or try as hard to scapegoat and try to not scapegoat and try hard not to blame others. Uh, all right, Chunk Chunk Adunk said. Bitcoin Meister, not sure if you mentioned this before, but who is the major demographic from what you've noticed lately getting into Bitcoin? Well, it's always been uh, white men. I mean, it's, it's uh, mostly white men. Mo uh, by far, it, Bitcoin is 95% men, if not more. Uh, but that's just, and, and then Asian men, and, and, and then they're black men too. Um, I believe, I 
I think there are more black men into into cryptocurrency than women, than total women, actually. Not black, I mean all women combined. I think there might actually be more in all of cryptocurrency because a lot of I'm not I'm not gonna get into all, all the specifics. Some, some black guys, unfortunately, uh there were some there were some prominent black guys that were uh, promoting um that like some altcoins, let's just call them altcoins, and and and, and complete scams like uh, uh, my what was it the the the, the, the uh, cloud mining stuff, and then some some other you know black guys. Oh, there's a black guy promoting it. You know they immediately they, they feel more comfortable. Sometimes people feel more comfortable with their own race, and they they piled into this stuff. And so that's why I say a, a lot of unfortunately a lot of black guys. Um, and they should have took personal responsibility and, and said, you know, wait a second, I probably shouldn't trust this brother, what he's saying. But unfortunately, um, there, there was a situation where uh, uh, some black guys did get uh, fooled, and I, I, I by other blacks actually, in, in, in the <laughs> on the outskirts of the cryptocurrency space and stuff they shouldn't have gotten into. So I do hope some of those guys stuck around and just didn't like. I mean, a lot of them were very angry and very disappointed that they got into. Uh, BitConnect and just ridiculous things like that. I hope I hope they stuck around. So that's, I, if they did, then there are probably more. Uh, but I know, and there's plenty of black guys in Bitcoin too. I mean, I, when I go to events, I there'll, there'll be. I mean, in, um, what was it Long Beach? There were plenty of black guys there, and uh, and then Los Angeles too. I mean, I know I, there's a guy watching right now, a black guy in Los Angeles in San Diego. He might be watching right now. Uh, my, my buddy Tay is out there. So um, no, no, but but the major demographic that your question was. And it's just no, there's it's white white men. It's mostly white men, and then and then yeah, there's plenty in the USA. It's mostly white men, and then of course, and in Europe, it's mostly white men. And then, but there's plenty. I mean, when I'm in Africa, when I'm in Zimbabwe, it's all black dudes. Well, no, there's a white guy too in Zimbabwe. But uh, overall, in the world, it's it's mostly white guys, then Asian guys, and black guys. All right, and then women, probably. Um, I don't know. Who cares about the demographic? Don't worry about the death. And you know what? And that's the other thing. I think you know it's an interesting question. It's it's always interesting to 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 look at that kind of stuff. But anyone can get into Bitcoin. That is the beautiful thing about it. That is the beautiful thing. Anyone can get into Bitcoin. And so everyone get into it. Black lesbians get into Bitcoin. You can do it too. It's fine. Black lesbians would be great to get into Bitcoin. I mean, if they don't have any kids or anything like that, they'd have some disposable income. And you know, that's the thing. <laughs> no, no, I'm not good. All right, very good. Anyone can get into it. That I when I make these shows, I want it's for everyone. These shows are definitely for everyone. And I don't try to specifically target. You know, sometimes I'm like, well, why aren't there more gay dudes in, in the Bitcoin or something? Why why aren't there any gay uh, major gay uh, Bitcoin uh, content creators out there? I mean, I think that would be. I think they would do pretty darn well. Uh, actually, uh, I know there are plenty of, I mean, a lot of, uh, I met quite a few, uh, gay, uh, gay big Bitcoin fans, uh, on the West coast. Uh, I guess that's no coincidence, is it? All right. So, uh, but again, who cares, who cares about what, what the demographics are? Um, let's just get care about your financial future. People, okay. Everyone has to care about their financial future. You should know, I'm, I'm going to bring this up right now as a good segue. If you know more about politics, most Americans know more about politics uh, than they do about uh, their personal finances. Okay, they know more about the, the the politicians they hate and the politicians they love than their own personal finances, and uh, 
That is not a healthy situation. You, if you want to follow politics, that's fine. As your pastime, that's fine. But you, you got to get your personal finances in order first, okay? Or you're going to end up at the mercy of those politicians. And I think some people want that. They, they get into politics because they think that's the way their lives have to be, that other people control their lives. So those other people in D.C. are going to control their personal finances, which is not good. Not good at all. You're going you're to lose that way. You're not going to get any wealth that way. Uh, and uh, Rock Ape said, Bitcoin Meister, are you voting for Andrew Yang? More S-Coin dividends. Uh, are those two things related? Is he going to create more? Uh, oh, well, he, he's creating a, a dividend. He's, he's printing more of uh, the U.S. dollar. He's turning that into an S-Coin. Uh, now, actually, the, the funny thing is, you know, I was once a young, naive person, and uh, I became a. When I registered to vote, I registered as a Democrat because I thought, well, well all Jewish people. Uh, I, again, I, I had this mentality then. It's, it, you know, Jewish people are supposed to be smart, but yet so many Jewish people, when they're 18 years old, well, all Jews are Democrats, so I better be a Democrat. That's idiotic. That's totally idiotic. And I did an idiotic thing. I just I became a Democrat because I thought, well, all Jewish people are Democrats. Again, it's I fell for the identity politics. Whatever, I was an eighteen-year-old kid. Now, if you're still falling for it for when you're thirty, there's not much of an excuse anymore. Um, you should have learned by then. But I did register as a Democrat as an eighteen-year-old kid, and I never changed. I just I'm still a Democrat, and who cares? <laughs> it's not who I am. It's just it's it's something on a little piece of paper. And but because of that, I get to vote in the Democratic primary. So yes, I will only vote for I will vote for Andrew Yang um, if I do vote. If I'm or if I get my absentee ballot, if I'm in Maryland at that time, um, I, I will vote for Andrew Yang because uh, it would just—it's just a slap in the face <laughs> to the to the mainstream. He, he's again, I I I think it's it isn't the best idea what he's proposing, but at least he's honest. Uh, at least he has a brain. He's the smartest one out of all of them. And uh, yeah, so that that's the reason I'm going to vote for him. Just to to like make a little, maybe it'll make a little difference if he gets five percent of the vote in Maryland, it, it, it might change things for a pot. Just voting for one of those mindless candidates is, isn't going to do a darn thing. It's, it's not going to do it. And, and voting for him probably isn't going to do a darn thing either. But there's no way I could vote for those, those fake people. There's, there's no way I, I, I could do that. Uh, and again, but voting isn't even that important. It is not even that important. And I guess that's another reason. So again, clearly it's, I, I stay a Democrat. It's, it's, it's of no real importance. But I yeah, I am going to vote for, uh, I'm going to vote for Andrew Yang. Uh, as things stand right now, just to, uh, to put a little twist into things there. Uh, but in, and that is in the Democratic primary. Uh, I will vote for him. That is uh, who I vote for. In the in the uh, in the, in the uh, general election, uh, it doesn't matter who I vote for because I'm from Maryland, and the Democrat wins anyway. So, uh, but uh, it could. The only way it could matter is if. Um, the guy in charge of Starbucks, what's his name? Uh, I forgot his name. <laughs> if he runs an independent campaign, if he runs an independent campaign, that that could shift things. That that you might have to be strategic who you vote for if you're in a state like Maryland, and if you want either him to win or Donald Trump to win. What's the guy? The guy in charge of Starbucks name? It, it's not good that I can't remember his name like that because uh, Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz is his name. All right. Um, and, 
MGTOW. Okay, so we said uh, we're gonna put put your work out there. No scapegoating. Okay, yeah. So I did say I. Yeah, there's so many people who know more about Kamala Harris than their own freaking personal law finances, which is uh, a, a very sc a scary thing. And uh, yeah, they want the politicians to take care of them. So no, understand finance, people. All, understand personal finance, and you will have some your own wealth. And you won't. Uh, you'll have you're only yourself to blame. Okay. Uh, Rico report says, would you vote if it was on a blockchain? Yeah, I mean, I vote when it's not on the blockchain, so it doesn't make a difference to me. But I, I uh, yeah, of course I would. I would vote if it's just writing on a piece of paper. Uh, I mean, it's not that it's not that important. But if I'm there, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote. I don't I don't care the, the method. The method doesn't make a difference to me. The method doesn't make a difference. Um, so some people in America have put voting on such a high pedestal. It's like. It's not you control. Know your personal finances before you put voting on a high pedestal. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself, dudes. All right. So now we're going to talk about. Uh, uh, yeah, this is the channel making success cool again. I was thinking about that. Making success cool again. Is it success isn't cool anymore? It's, it's amazing. It's it's uh, success is only for uh, the counterculture. Mainstream being the victim is cool, man. Uh, okay. So Cornell West, we're going to talk about, he was interviewed by Joe Rogan and then Yaron Brook, uh, ripped into the interview. And I linked to both, both, uh, YouTube, uh, videos are linked to below. And I want to point something out, you know, people try to pit the workers against the entrepreneurs and the bosses. Workers just don't become workers out of the blue. Okay. There has to be an entrepreneur who created the business, okay? So we have Cornell West, who is persuasive. He has many persuasive ways about him, okay? To the mainstream, at least, he's very persuasive. And he's, he says a slogan, profits before people. I mean, that, and that's, that's not true, profits before people. <laughs> you need profits in order for there to be employees for there to be people okay and again you know the if there were just people i mean someone would have to become an entrepreneur and employ the people and the reason he's an entrepreneur is because he is making profits he he's got to make some money there too okay so this this profits before people thing mantra now that that's it's it's just a mind it's 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 empty words right there okay they, they want to employ people. They want to take care of themselves. They put a lot of money into the business to, fu to, to fund the business. They want profits to repay themselves, okay? So profit is a good thing. Profit should not be vilified. People are willing to pay more for your product um, and you make a profit off of it because they value your product. You're adding value to people's lives, okay? That's another thing. When there are profits, the people who are paying for the product are benefiting. In theory, they're willing to pay more than it's worth. They value it that much so that you get the profit. They also are in, they are profiting. They want this thing so bad. It, it's making them happy. And again, it's that's their prerogative. That's their personal responsibility. If they, if they think a $50,000 car that only costs $25,000 to produce, if that makes them happy, they, they, and they're not being forced to buy that car. There's no force 
behind profits. You have to understand that. People are voluntarily buying all sorts of products where there are profits. So thus, people are benefiting. The people who are buying, the, the workers who are being employed, the entrepreneur who founded the business. This profits before people, it's, it's a meaningless thing to vilify capitalism, to vilify free trade, to vilify uh, um, people not being forced, not being forced to, to buy things. Again, they're not. Anyway, um, so it seems like Yaron Brook is anti-pathological uh, altruism. Uh, that's a good way to sum up Yaron uh, Brook. But, but many people are just uh, into pathological altruism. Um, and and something that Iran Brook points out about the government, the one what he think, thinks government's purpose is, is to defend and protect individuals' rights. And I think that's a that's a good, that's very simple. Uh, if, if government just did that, if it defended and protected individuals' rights, that would be great. And it it should be your right to, to start a business and not have your the government tell you how to run your business, and that you 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 can only charge this much for it or you can you can only you can hire only certain people uh you should be able to uh, uh, hire whoever you want to hire and if you fail you fail and the government doesn't come and bail you out uh and i'm not talking about your i think i'll talk about uh i'm talking more about iran than uh cornell right now but uh i mean what cornell does cornell west does on the Joe Rogan show, he, he is very personable. You know, he's talking about music and he's talking about the people. He mentions all the Americans who were socialist. And you know what? Yeah. And that socialism is as American is American pie because he names all these socialists that were Americans. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. People should be allowed to be socialist. People should be allowed to be capitalists. Let them compete. That's fine. That's fine. Do, do you don't try to outlaw certain things that capitalism is the basic rights of the free market. Don't try to mess with the free market there. Okay. If you, if you think socialism is so great then you know, set up some socialist, uh, organization, uh, a, a sharing, you know, where the, where the workers control the business and let it compete with businesses where the CEO controls the business. But, uh, to, 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 to want rules that limit CEO pay, this is to have the government force, Say no, the CEO can't make that much money. That's unfair. No, that, that's the, that's using force. That's using the government as a tool of force there. But uh, no, I, I he's a. I will give him his persuasion some credit there. Cornell West is a smart guy. And he 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 does a little jive talk in there and everything to make it seem like he's down with the people and. Uh, he calls everybody a brother, and then he he knows he knows that like white people they love when a black guy calls him a brother. You know, brother Joe Rogan, he's saying, and brother this, and brother that, and brother this, and brother that, and it's a complete. <laughs> you know, if you were to call me brother, I don't have a problem with it. But the reason he's doing this is it really it, it helps get his it it helps persuade people. It really does. It's like, oh, the black guy called me a brother. He must be right. He he's onto something there. Oh, we must let's be for the people here. Let's be for socialism. Bring socialism, force socialism on the people. We're not, you know, capitalism isn't forced on the people. It is that not forced on the people. You could do a, you could run a commune if you want to in the United States of America or a, a, a co-op. They're co-op. They're just not very successful. They just don't, there's not much success to it all. Uh, so Yaron Brooks says, do people want better accounts of reality? 
And I say, no, they don't. They don't want better accounts of reality. They want fake. They want fake. They love fake stuff. They love fake. They want fantasy. They want fantasy. They want me to say, oh, yeah, Ripple's going up. You should buy Ripple. They want, they want me to say that. They don't want the cold car, cold realities that like, no, uh, it's boring. Bitcoin is going to win. All you have to do is buy and hold Bitcoin and you'll be fine. That's a real asset. They want me to say, well, the Ripple's the next Bitcoin or, you know, some other altcoins next Bitcoins. Again, people want to hear fantasy. They want fantasy. They don't want reality. They, they don't want to take personal responsibility of, their, of themselves. They want the fair. They want conspiracies. So do people want better accounts of reality? No. 80% of the people don't. They want fantasy. Uh, so yeah, you're, so the way I would describe uh, Cornell West is forced sacrifice. He wants to force everyone else to sacrifice for other people's kids. Okay? I'm not, that, that's morally wrong. To force me to give to somebody else's kids. Why? Well, there, there's no, I have no obligation to someone else's kids. Let their parents take care of them, okay? I'm not here to take, if I want to will, free my free will, if I want to take care of other people, I want to start a charity, that is great. Let people, people do, people, everyone's different. There are lots of people that want to start charities and take care of other people's kids. But you shouldn't force people to do that. Forced sacrifice. Um, and again, this, this altruism, it's, it's put on this uh, pedestal in, in society by people like Cornel West that, you know, sacrifice for others. That's the ultimate. To, to take care of uh, take care of other people's kids before you take care of your own selves. Before you figure out your own future, before you get real assets, give all your money away to somebody that somebody that will, parents didn't take care of. All right. Um, what's this here? Casso said, wouldn't it be more fair if they just count all the votes of all the people together for USA president? No. You, you mean uh, just the popular vote? That's not, there's checks and balances in, in the, uh, the federal system. It's, it's, uh, it's 50 separate states. It's 50 separate states that are, are elect the president. It's, it's not the people that really elect the president. It's the people through their state. Okay, there's, it, it, would, be, uh, it would be a mob mentality. They, that, that the founders did not believe in democracy. They did not believe in mob rule. Because if you just counted up all the votes for president, then what you could do, the, the president could come from, uh, would come from California every time. He would just make sure he would uh, do something California-centric. Uh, his whole gimmick would be, we will make, uh, give everybody from California a million dollars. And thus, everyone from California would vote for him, and he would win the popular vote. Or something like that. You could, you could do a... Uh, or of, of, of all the uh, the most populous, populous states could just form a, a coalition, uh, the top three states or something like that. It was something like that. And they would rule, they would have a tyrannical rule over the other states. And that's not how it was uh, set. And then they would vote the president more power and it would, it would get out of control. So that's why we don't have democracy because it, democracy always gets out. It, it always devolves into mob rule. And we're slow, the United States is, slowly becoming more and more of a democracy. Uh, and uh, that's just mob rule right there. And I know that some people get a bad taste in their mouth because they, they've learned over time, well, aren't we a democracy? No, we're not. We're, it's a federal republic, okay? And a uh, constitutional republic. And uh, it, it's different. And uh, again, the, I, I like what Yaron Brooks' take on government. It, it, it's just supposed to be there so individuals 
can be individuals so that there's no interference in your life. Um, and that there, there's, there's a, uh, that, that if someone does try to force you to do something, there's a legal system to stop them from forcing you to do something or the, all right. So if like this, you have to be in this commune. No, you don't you know, that I'm an individual. I don't have to be part of anything. I can go my own way. All right. Um, I've talked about politics so so much in today's show. Again, I can talk about politics because I, I have, of course, taken care of my financial, uh, my personal finances. Uh, but uh, po politics is a big soap opera in America today, and there are it does bleed into some aspects of our financial lives. Of course, uh, the taxation and the uh, and all, all just and uh, in term in your real estate. Uh, if it, confiscations and stuff, stuff can be, uh, uh, politics can influence that. But again, if you are, if you're set up correctly with your Bitcoin, if politics ever got beyond your, uh, if the government ever got really went far with the overreach, you just leave the country and move somewhere else and start a new life with your, uh, your Bitcoin. Uh, all right. So we talked about workers. For Saturday. All right, fake outrage. Fake outrage. Pound that like button. There seems to be a lot of fake outrage on social media today. It makes people, first of all, it gets you noticed. You know, the bigger bigger of a deal you can make out of your outrage, uh, the bigger, uh, more hits you get. And you feel good about yourself with all that attention from your fake outrage, the virtue signaling uh, with, the, with the fake outrage. But just be aware of that, people. Be aware of so much fake outrage. They're not really outraged. That, oh, I would never do that. Oh, how could Ronald Reagan have said that in 1971? Oh, it's so horrible. It's terrible. Hey, fake outrage is a complete waste of time. Live in the present uh, and take care of your own self, okay? So here is a uh, here's something from the world of worldwide abundance. Because, again, we are living in a golden age here uh, in the Western world where the poorest, where the poor have cell phones uh, where people can waste their money on so many different things. And again, they, they're free to do that. They, they, they make, they're complaining about profits, yet they, they're the ones who want all of these things out there. And they are giving the, uh, the producers those profits. So they are, by giving their money away, they are saying that they value this stuff more than the uh, producer did. But uh, then, then they have fake outrage over it. But we have, we're, uh, oh, how could they rip me off? No, you, you ripped yourself off. <laughs> uh, so here's this uh, from the Hollywood Reporter. What is this? Box office, Disney hits record $7.67 billion in 2019 global revenue as the Lion King nears uh, $1 billion. The powerhouse Hollywood studio accomplished the feat with more than five months left to go in the year. On Sunday, Hollywood's Alpha Studio announced its films have collected a record-shattering $7.67 billion in 2019 global box office, and it's not even August. The previous industry record of $7.61 billion was set by Disney in 2016. The $7.67 billion figure includes $5.09 billion amassed overseas. It's the first time any Hollywood studio surpassed $5 billion threshold internationally. So Disney has just made a record for studios for a year, and it's only August. Five billion of those dollars um, were from overseas. And 
I, sh I hope I said 7.67 and not 767 billion. But this is the point, guys. That's a lot of Hollywood studios set a new record. Okay. It's not just rich people that are going, to, it's not just middle class people. It, we are living in a time of abundance where people can just throw money and, away and watch movies and just watch movies. And make, these, they're making so much, and there's so much free stuff on the internet now, yet Disney is setting a record box office. Okay, so don't don't give me this. Uh, oh, the world is so horrible. It's so the Western world is falling apart. It's a time of insane abundance. Okay, and we should be happy about that. Eddie says Bitcoin for Bitcoin Meister for president. Never, never. Have you uh no? Have you read the so Sovereign Individual? No. It's very prophetic. Big dis disruption coming to the welfare nanny state. No, they'll still be able to print money. Um, it's I don't think there's a disruption at all. I think it'll, it'll continue to grow. I've said that a lot of times on this show before. U.S. dollars, king of the kings of all the, of all the currencies out there. They'll be able to keep printing it. And again, I just said we, we're living in this incredible time of abundance and waste. Uh, and uh, the thing is the, the CUCKs out there paying the taxes because they want their kids to go to nice public schools away from uh, the inner city. They will keep on paying higher and higher taxes and the welfare state will keep growing and they'll be happy. Uh, every, everyone will be happy because they'll be getting technology will be improving. They'll keep on getting more and more stuff, not real, no real assets. So again, the 80 percenters are totally happy with more and more stuff, not assets, stuff. And as long as their kids are safe away from the inner cities, they'll keep on paying those high taxes on their tremendous houses to impress their wives, to get better wives, to get bigger houses. And again, so you don't have to be among the 80 percenters. You could be among the 20 percenters and just laugh at the welfare state. And laugh at the people who value their wealth in dollar dollars. And you have the real asset, Bitcoin. But the welfare state isn't going anyway, and it's not going away. They're going to be able to keep pulling this off as they've continued to pull. The, the government, when I say they, I say the government and the, the, the Federal Reserve, whoever prints the money. I don't care who does it. The dollar will remain king. The United States is the most powerful country in the history of mankind. The whole entire world wants to be like the United States. The United States influence the entire, influences the culture of the entire world. The United States has the best technology, and it, it, will, it will continue that way. We will continue to have innovations. We continue to have, and even though as socialism creeps, again, the Silicon Valley people who are some of the smartest people on the planet, they, they, uh, they're willing to pay more and more taxes for more, a bigger uh, social system, and they'll still create uh, technology. So it's not, it's not like we're going to have this big thing, like all of a sudden one day the whole world is going to fall apart we're going to, and, and there'll be the, no more money to pay. The, the EBT card won't work anymore. I, I used to think that day was going to come. That's a that's a doom P-O-R-N uh, way of thinking. It's a, it's, 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 it's just, why even worry about that? It's not going to happen. It's the, the, the poor will just get more and more fake stuff. And uh, don't worry about them. Worry about yourself. Uh, and uh, you, this is such a great opportunity in this time of abundance and great technology. We should be trying to get real assets and real wealth so that in the future we can spend it on something really valuable. Uh, and that, that life extension to technology, who knows? Who knows? All right. But uh, no, I don't, I don't think uh, – I think the – did I just mess that? Hmm. Anyway, no, I don't think the uh, welfare state's going – it's it, – They'll be able to pull it off for a while. United States will be able to pull it out for a while. I mean, some of these countries might totally fall. Some countries might fall apart. The United States is falling. I mean, but the corporations will take over those countries, or China will take over some of the countries. There'll be or order uh, in, in the third world, and uh, and again with the technologies that are being developed in the first world. Uh, 
God, everybody living in little mud hut villages in Africa is soon going to be able to have a cell phone. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's 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 really awesome. I mean, a hundred years ago, I mean, people just the, people would die so easily in, in not only in Africa but in in, in many uh, first world parts of the world. So I mean, we're living in a time of a we're living in a golden age. That that's the way I look at it. I don't look at a. I don't. I don't think uh, things are falling apart at all. And things. And again, you know, some people like living in the welfare state. Some people love that. Again, as long as they get more and more stuff, so let them love it. That's their. That's their prerogative. Now it's unfortunate they have to steal from me. You know, the taxation thing. The taxation is theft. But uh, you know, we, we shall see. You know, if it gets too bad, then we move. Uh, I for, last time I forgot to say that uh, we we're talking about eggs. A very simple thing I forgot to say that I should have said. If you think you have a bad egg, just put it in a, a glass. And if it floats, it's bad. If it sinks, it's good. I should have said that last time. If your egg floats, it's bad. So I was saying how Americans are really paranoid about eggs. They don't do that test. They, they should do that test. It's a it's very, uh, very good test for eggs. All right. Uh, one meal a day. It's a system. It's not a goal. It's a system. Now, you might lose weight. You will become healthier. Um, so set up that one meal a day system. You will have all sorts of benefits. And the mainstream is catching on. The Wall Street Journal just came out with an article. The fasting cure is no fad. New research is showing the profound benefits of for weight, longevity, fighting disease, um, of only eating uh, during limited hours. Fasting also can contribute to brain health and happiness. The neurobiological biologist, Mark Matson, who retired this year from the National Institutes of Health, has demonstrated in experiments for two decades that nerve growth factors contribute significantly to brain health and positive mood. He also found that fasting, restricting calories, and exercising spur distinct increases in the best known nerve growth factor. So he's basically saying uh, fasting, eating healthy, limiting your uh, window of eating, that makes you happier. And as most of you know, I'm a pretty darn happy guy with a lot of energy. Now, I've always been pretty darn happy. So, uh, But again, a lot of you have seen me like I'm. In, it's very difficult for me to grasp the concept of people being depressed. So, and again, I don't want to belittle the people who are depressed. But Maybe try change your uh, fast. How about that? Now, this uh, this uh, article talks about people bragging about fasting only 14 hours a day. Now, I thought that you know, if you're going to do intermittent fasting, you got to do at least 16 hours a day. Again, I'm 20. I'm up to 22 hours. I mean, I, to be safe, if you're going to try out intermittent fasting, if you're just training, then yeah, do 14 hours. But you got to get it up to 16 or 18 or something like that, man. I mean, come on. It's, it's not that what's the difference between what you used to be doing and fasting 14 hours I, I don't know maybe I've become too strict with this stuff but uh, again I've been fasting 22 hours every single day every single day since uh, well 20 hours every single day since uh, what was it July or August of 2013 and it turned into 22 at, at some point along the way uh, and then I, of course uh, there's just this article, I don't think it went that much into just, oh, no, I mentioned like skipping days of eating also. But yeah, the more fasting you can try, the better. 
it, it does it does regulate a lot of things. It lets your body take care of. Uh, if your body has more time to focus on stuff other than digesting, di digesting, I think it's a it's positive. So all sorts of benefits people are starting to realize and theorize about with fasting. So a lot of people, when I started talking about it, were like, "Oh, you'll starve to death." But here we go. We got even the Wall Street Journal. Now, again, I don't want to put the Wall Street Journal on a pedestal, but the mainstream is even starting to talk about it now because if you look on the internet. It's been uh, fasting has been whoo, people have been talking about it more and more and more. And um, I'm actually going to talk about a specific faster at the end of this video. And Eddie says, I water fast 40 hour week, 4 p.m. Saturday to 8 a.m. Monday. Never eat on a Sunday. Dude, that is awesome, Eddie. That is so awesome to skip that Sunday of eating. And it, it will there will be benefits there, dude. That is that's, at the very least, you will lose some weight. Uh, by skipping a day. Um, but again, the goal should just be, you know, getting a system, a healthy system, and then benefiting from the, uh, what happens. All right. Andrew Yang, I did want to talk about his closing statement. That was also a clip that I heard, uh, his closing statement from the uh, presidential debate. And he made such a great point. I linked to it below. He said that the previous presidential debate, that the, the mainstream media, they're, Instead of talking about what he actually said, they talked about how he didn't wear a tie. <laughs> and he says that, you know, society has become a uh, reality uh, TV show, that people care about looks and, uh, you know, you didn't wear a tie. They don't care about your substance. They, they want fancy sets and graphics. They don't care what you're saying. They want fancy sets and graphics. So I love that he said that. I thought that was great. So, yeah, he, he earned my vote with that there uh, when he said uh, – he brought up that tie comment and that, that uh, it's, it, society has become reality reality TV, fancy sets and graphics. So opt out of that stuff. Opt out of it. And uh, that's that's the mainstream. The mainstream is uh, fancy sets and graphics and uh, ties. Not wearing a tie is important. But uh, what the guy said is not important. All right. Uh, Ronald Reagan, there, there is a, uh, a tape, a Nixon tape from 1971 suddenly appeared actually it did not suddenly appear it, it had it come out uh earlier but there had been suits i think to prevent it from being uh totally like part of it you could hear but they had blanked out the 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 part where ronald reagan is talking about the african the tanzanian members of the united nations how they were celebrating um when china was uh the United States didn't want the People's Republic of China to be the official China. They wanted Taiwan to be the official China. That's what the United States wanted. I, I agree with that. You know, I've been to Taiwan. Taiwan is free. Taiwan is capitalist. China is, is communist. Uh, or at least it's a, who knows what it even is now. Just a total control grid nightmare over there. Uh, but so Reagan saw what happened. He was offended. He was the governor of California. So he called up the president of the United States, Richard Nixon, who was also from California originally. And uh, he used some terms to describe the Tanzanian delegation. And Nixon also used some terms to describe the Africans. And uh, one could call these comments racist. Now, this was 50 years ago this happened. That's 1971. So it was 48 years ago. So all of a sudden, everybody's virtue signaling all about it all over social media, saying how horrible Reagan and Nixon are, how hard, how racist this country is, racist, 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 screaming about racism. All right. How about this? How about this, people? All these private records uh, 
that their government, we own the government. We as a taxpayers own the government. All of that stuff should be public. All of it should be public. None of it should have been blacked out in the first place. We should have heard what Reagan said to Nixon already, okay? But if you guys, if people actually believe that in 1971, it was only Reagan and Nixon that were talking like this. Have you ever heard of a guy named Lyndon Johnson who was the president before Nixon, who I believe was still alive in 1971. He died soon. But Johnson is, quote, I mean, there, there are tapes of him saying the N-word. I mean, I mean, he was from Texas. He was a Southerner. And uh, he was straight up racist. He was straight up racist. But he did, And he was the one who helped get through all of the, uh, the programs, the, the welfare programs to help, to help black people. Okay. Yet he was a racist. He was a racist. Um, so, but again, do you think, let's get some JFK old tapes. How do you think JFK talked about certain people? I mean, if we could hear all his personal tapes, what he said, but he was, he was president before Johnson was president. And again, but before that, there weren't as many tapes, okay? But I, I mean, I'm sure Jimmy, Jimmy Carter, you know, he was president of the United States, wasn't he? But what, what was he beforehand? He was governor of Georgia. Do you think when he was a governor of Georgia or when he was a farmer in Georgia, he didn't say anything that would be considered racist in 2019? In 1974, he didn't say anything that would be thought of a little bit differently 45 years later? So let's hear all their tapes. And then let's hear the way our grandparents talk or our parents talk. People talked a different way back then, okay? People said things. Should we worry about what they said 45 years ago? Should we really worry about it? Should we let it affect our lives today the way people talked in 1974 or 1963 or 1969 or whatever it was, or 1980? Should we really worry about that now? But I mean, there are whole, there's an industry of people who want to worry about that type of thing. And it's a total waste of your time. But, you know, for the people who want to do that, do competing with me. You can complain, I will compete. So you, you can live in the past because guys, people talk differently in 1967, 69, 71. It was, it was a different world. And people are going to look at the way we talk now uh, in, in 50 years and say, oh, how, how could they have done that? You know, think, things change. Popular culture changes. Um, don't, don't, don't worry about the way people talk 50 years ago. How about that? All right. Okay. So that's enough about Reagan and Nixon. And I do link to an article about that below. Uh, and again, going back to Cornell West, I do have some more stuff about him. The way he talks, it is, it's emotional type, type of stuff. It appeals to people's emotions. Um, you know, uh, the, the rich owe the poor, and we don't. The rich don't owe the poor. It's victim glorification. Cornell West uses a lot of victim glorification. There shouldn't be any glory in being a victim. Um, blames things on dominance. And manipulation again, dominance. What is it again? Strive for success. It's not dominance. Is this way of uh, twisting around what success is? Success is glorious, and all of you can be successful here, baby. Manipulation is envy. Not using the word manipulate. Oh, they, it's just a manipulated system. It's a manip. The rich only became rich because they manipulated the workers. It's that's envy. A worker can start their own business if they want to. It's not easy to be an entrepreneur. Okay. Um, okay, we're almost done. And again, Yaron Brook, I don't agree with him on everything, but sometimes when Yaron Brook gets rolling with the basics of his philosophy and, and, uh, and Ayn Rand, he's real, he's right. He, he's just, he, he's so right about, you know, the individual thinking of yourself as an individual, 
taking care of yourself, taking personal responsibility of yourself. Uh, don't blame other groups. Um, you know, treat people as individuals that are that are from group. You know, they they might be uh, a Muslim, but you don't think that just, just because they're a Muslim, they're the the they they're part of uh, they're doing bad things on planes and stuff like that. Okay, you know, judge a person when you meet a person individually, judge them as an individual. Think of them, see you know, and 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 don't don't because you might be missing out on someone too. You might be missing out out on an opportunity, but you do you know have have a philosophy? Stand for something. Uh, stand for something. Have some conviction. Don't be wishy washy. You know, one of the things that he rips on Trump for is that you know Trump will say anything. Uh, anything that's convenient. Don't say things for convenience sake. Sometimes you have to say some uncomfortable things because there's an underlying reason, because you stand for something. So yeah, this Yaron Brook, again, he's not right all the time. I and mean, I don't agree with everything, but there's a lot of his philosophy that I like. And obviously he gets that from, uh, from Ayn Rand also, obviously. Uh, what's her objectivism? Here is, what is this? Study says 28% of delivery drivers have eaten some of your food. <laughs> I'll repeat that. Study says 28% of delivery drivers have eaten some of your food. As all of you know, I don't eat out at all. I make my own food. There's a reason to make your own food. Besides getting deliveries are incredibly expensive. So there you're paying a premium to get this food delivered to you. But 28% of the time, the guy has uh, put his fingers in and eaten some. When you make your own food, you know that has not happened. You know how exactly it's been prepared. And again, I used to read the Craigslist, uh, the Baltimore Craigslist uh, the comments. I forgot what the section was called. But there'd be all these bitter and angry waiters and waitresses in there talking about all the things that, you know, when they weren't tipped, what they would do. Good stuff there. <laughs> you know, good, good stuff. Great stuff. It makes you... Makes you real happy that when you know how to cook your own food. Personal responsibility. Every man out there should be able to prepare his own meal. He shouldn't be be like, well, I need a wife. My wife will do it. Or I'll just uh, I'll be single and I'll just uh, pay for the delivery truck or whatever. No, 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 no. Know how to cook for yourself. I mean, that's that's just a basic that's a basic part of life. You should be able to feed yourself. You were a hunter once. You should be able to feed yourself. Just like you're able to wipe your tochlis, you should be able to feed yourself. I mean, these are things that you need to do. You need to be able to eat. You need to be cleanly down there or else you'll die. Um, <laughs> on that lifeline. All right. So uh, we're almost done. Forced cooperation. That seems to be the way of the, uh, the mainstream today. Forced cooperation. No, no, no one has to cooperate in life. People can just be... You know, make their own businesses, do their own things, not want to partner with anyone. I mean, that's really rugged individualism when you're not cooperating with anyone. But what's wrong with that? But it seems like today everyone's like, well, everyone should be friends. Everyone should be able to work with this other guy. You should be able to work with him. You you have to hire this. That's forced cooperation. That's force. You should, you should never be able to interpret anything as force. Okay? That's wrong when there's force involved with something. So if you're ever talking about new ways of uh, governments regulating businesses, well, they, they're forcing a business to do something against their will. That's that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, all right. And finally, the guy, uh, there. here's a YouTube channel of a faster uh, with incredible conviction. I randomly stumbled upon this guy from New Jersey. He, uh, he started fasting in January and then I 
he went 180 days without eating. And he went from 530 pounds to 294. So I linked to his channel before, below, 530 pounds to 294 pounds in 180 days. That was, he did not eat at all during that time. He, he drank and there were some uh, powders in, in, in the liquid. Again, I'm not recommending doing that at all. It was completely extreme. Obviously, he could survive it because he had so much fat on him. Uh, and it's, it's inspiration. It shows conviction. If any of you think you, you don't have conviction, the dude didn't eat for 180 days. That's a strong freaking hand. And that's it. That is it. That is the show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, pound that like button. Bang that bell button, everybody. That is Beyond Bitcoin. We'll be back with the regular Bitcoin show tomorrow. And of course, there'll be some extra podcasts if you miss me. So check out the audio, sportsmeister.com. I'm Adam Meister, Bitcoin Meister, Disrupt Meister. Subscribe to the channel, like this video, share the video, pound that like button, bang that bell button, and click on the squares. I will say hi to you in the chat. Bye.